Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. And we're wondering. Do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We we do. <laughs> I know nothing but this show. All I do is squint and think of Buddha <laughs> and detest art classes. So we have a special guest back to the pod. Sammy, would you like to introduce? Well, he's gotten the upgrade. He is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> It's Hubert Orlowski. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, Hubert. It's good to be on the He's World Wide Web. It's good to be a husband. It's good, it's good to be a husband. H- how are you doing, wife? <laughs> I'm, 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 I am well, husband. Good. How are you this evening? Excellent. And how are you, sister-in-law? <laughs> oh, boy. Is this going to be the entire episode? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to sound like an NPC from an Elder Scrolls game or something. <laughs> yeah, you know how all they ever say in the Elder Scrolls is, yes, husband. <laughs> <laughs> it's secretly a dating sim. So this week we're looking at season two, episode 17, Raw Raw Revenge. We are in the final stretch of the show. We're in the last 10 episodes. How wild is that? Jesus. So this one first aired uh, March 18th, 2005, written by Steve Levine and directed by Kevin Speckmeyer. We've got a couple of returning guest stars to the show. We get the return of Ashley Newbro as Audrey, as well as Paula Galper and her friend Jordan. She's back as well. So... I guess we'll see what Audrey's back for. Oh, Audrey, the the character they they did wrong in this Done series. So dirty, so dirty. Oh, I I wanted to go back to being artsy, sciencey, cool, nice Audrey. <laughs> Wah. Well, but. given given the title of this one, I'm gonna guess we're that's not what we're getting. Last night, we rock like there's no tomorrow, and then today. I look around and nothing's different. It's just all so blah. Oh boy. So we quickly find out uh, why we get the title Raw Raw Revenge. Uh, turns out Audrey is a member of the cheer squad now. And we get this opening of Lily, Parker, and Megan coming through the hallway talking about how good their last set was and how they're like rock goddesses now. Um, but they're quickly kind of deflated by Audrey and her popular friends kind of slow-mo walking through the hall and turning and calling them losers. And uh, <gasps> uh, it's it's such a bummer. What could have been? It sucks. What could have been? Can you imagine like Audrey hanging out, like doing posters for them and stuff like that? Oh, ah! oh. <laughs> we finally could have had some good posters in this show. After our cold open... River is now running Cougar Radio solo because Kim's gone. Aw. I didn't even, that didn't even clock in for me. It was just like, oh yeah, River's probably running his like time slot. And it's like, oh yeah, no. Kim's gone now. It's just River now, Fuck. which means it just sucks because River is yeah. continuing to be smarmy, um, but it's taken up Kim's mantle of just dunking RFR on the air. And apparently there's some new poll that says that they've got, you know, higher listenership than RFR. And he, like, I don't know, poses a question to get people to, like, call in. He's like, "What? what's our percentage now? Um, and somebody calls in and, you know, just to say, well, who cares about that? RFR is still better. And River cuts him off. And he's like, that's not the right answer. You know, there were just a few more people at school, like, the day they got the, 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 the tally of like, this yeah, in radio station. I'm still so confused about <laughs> what they're polling. What what are Cougar Radio's hours outside of school? 
because it's just it's just school announcements. It's just them talking about high school shit. How do they have an audience yeah. outside of the high school? But we get um, another scene after that of Audrey uh, and Lily interaction as Parker and Megan Lily and Travis hanging out with with the gang um, are kind of sitting on the stairs thinking about like ways that they could get their revenge <laughs> on the the populars really just for being populars and, and calling them losers. Um, cue Audrey coming up to the group and handing them a flyer for cheerleader tryouts. But she quickly says, you know, don't be flattered. I have to give these out to everybody. And uh, it's it's some pretty bad blood between all of them. She, she just doesn't acknowledge Travis at all. It's really just yeah. directed at Lily. Um, but Megan comes up with the idea of writing a scathingly satirical song about the cheerleaders. So it looks like we're going to be getting a, a kind of angry revenge song out of No Man's Land. Speaking of what could have been, I saw Crash in the background hanging out with the cheerleaders. Or not Crash. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot was at the school. No, Crunch. Crunch. Crunch the Cougar. Yes. Crash Bandicoot's in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah remember when we did Crash? that brief... Uh... <laughs> Um, Dave Matthews band showed up. Crash. Um, but no, Crunch the Cougar is in the background. It just makes me think of when Travis was supposed to be Crunch the Cougar. Now that would have been interesting. Like the the tension of the head cheerleader yep. and her ex-boyfriend being Crunch the Cougar. <laughs> For, what? What? Oh my god, that's just the plot of Hatching Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that that's the name of an actual Disney channel. Hatching movie. Pete. <laughs> we got Hatch Pete. I, I know we've got some Hatching Pete fans in, in the audience, <laughs> but I, yeah, for- How many Pete's have you hatched? Yeah, but for forget all of the potential of Audrey's plot line. Like we, we really missed out on Travis's conflict and, and trying to balance his mascot duties with RFR. I mean, that's, that's the real yeah. plot of the show there. I, the whole spinoff just wasted. I, I would. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't watch a Travis Strong spinoff? Later on in uh, RFR, the gang is once again tired of Robbie using the radio as his mouthpiece because he's basically using RFR to shit all over River because he's like, "Oh, River's on a power trip." Blah blah blah. And they're all like, "Robbie, get some perspective." Like I think Lily says it, and it's it's. I love it. It's like Robbie, get some perspective. It's River Pierce, and they all just kind of walk out because they're just. They're a little over Robbie being like essentially using the radio as his like call out call out piece to be like I don't like River Pierce. <laughs> and then he, well, and I I do and have so I do have some qualms about this. One being that like, are is the broadcast still going or did they sign off? That's true. Yeah, because I feel like they all just kind like- of get up and Robbie's like, "Fine, I'll do this myself," as if the the show is still going on and all of them are just just so annoyed by Robbie. <laughs> It's yeah. not even a huge falling out. They're just like, fuck it. And they all leave. And Robbie's like, fine. And then he leaves with them. Did the show yeah. end? <laughs> just dead air. Travis has just left everything on. Travis, no. Travis turned on one of his, like, slider <laughs> sound effects that's, like, attached to the sliders. It's just, like, waterfalls. I, I thought you meant, like, a slide whistle. <laughs> just, like, uh, c- continuous <laughs> slide whistle for, like, an hour. Oh, that would be great, like a slide whistle that goes gradually down over the course of an hour. <laughs> and then gradually back up over the See, course of another hour. I like that idea a yes. lot better. In, in my imagination, like the pitch of the slide was tied to the slider on his mixer. So you can like... <laughs> oh, kinda... That's fun too. 
Very, I do like that. Very fun. But uh, another another point, just when Robbie and Ray are talking in the cafeteria, and you know, Robbie's calling River out for cutting off a listener, um, and he's like, "We never do that because radio is all about letting the listener speak." Which, oh no, God. it isn't. <laughs> Radio's the, the, not a very interactive medium, I would argue. I would say that it's mostly and, about letting the host speak. <laughs> yes, who knew? And also, like, the hosts have totally interfered with people calling in before. Like, get off your high horse, Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But it's just, it's any excuse for Robbie to pick on River. He's definitely still stinging because Kim's gone, like, Raven mentions Kim and he's like, hey, this isn't about Kim, but it's like totally about Kim. And yeah, just Rob- Robbie's Robbie's rant essentially on RFR yet again. Vicious. I love it. Once we record it, we should see if they'll play it on RFR. What's the point? I'm sure the sneer leaders don't listen to RFR. So after the broadcast, we go into Lily's basement where she's showing off a song that she's written based on Megan's suggestion, and it's good fun. They're all really liking the song and trying to figure out how are they going to, you know, how are they going to actually get it in front of the cheerleaders, you know? Uh, they could try and get it on RFR, but, you know, do, does Audrey even listen to RFR? Not, probably not after the sci-fi radio play. I don't know. Um, and Travis is like, what if we make a video? And so they're like, Okay, let's make a music video. And Megan slips in again, being the genius behind this whole idea. She basically unfurls the cheerleading tryouts poster. They decide to do a music video uh, incorporating footage from cheerleading tryouts. The cheerleading tryouts are our next scene. And it's, we get it typically, like, I hadn't really thought much about how this is such a staple of the show, but these really goofy montages. Mm -hmm. Like, we get a really fun montage of Parker and Megan and Lily trying out for cheerleading it's it's not going well. It goes really weird in some places. <laughs> At one point, I mean, like, so they're doing, like, tumbling and stuff. And it's, like, it's clear that, like, the three of them are just kind of there, like, for the bit. And are, for, are there yeah. for, like, you know, getting stuff for their video. It's not like they're really genuinely trying here. So we get, like, them kind of tumbling and goofing about. And then it's, like, they have to do a bit where they're dancing with Crunch the Cougar. Which, like, ends with them, like, throwing him to the ground and, like, beating him up. Trying to, like, pull off his head and stuff. Is Crunch okay? (laughs) Is Crunch all right, guys? It was a... Check on Crunch. Very, like, manic, like, slapstick cartoon energy in that bit. Yeah. And then when they're like, okay, we're going to go deliberate. And then the girls turn to the camera and, like, collapse in a very goofy fashion. It's very good. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely more of a cartoony moment. We get a brief aside where where River and Cougar Radio is kind of snarking on our far bit, and uh, Robbie's like, "Oh, we gotta take him down." Reese just like, "Give it a rest, man." And they're like chatting in front of this really cool like stylized RFR poster, where it's like, "Are you listening? RFR is the voice of the people." But somebody's crossed out the people and put question mark. Oh, because Robbie won't shut up. Yeah, this is it's a whole thing and it's funny like to see we're going back to one of Raid's classic earlier traits a little bit where he's kind of like he's not really into Robbie's like general criticism of the in crowd. And one thing we forgot to mention was earlier in the broadcast um in the last broadcast they were talking off air and you know saying, "Oh, Ray, you only don't care because Grace is in the in crowd." 
So I guess Grace is like a popular girl too, which we haven't seen too much of. Yeah. I I don't because we know nothing about Grace. She's just like yeah. sitting at Mickey's and gets pulled into this relationship. Yeah. So I don't know the 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 class dynamics of high school. I don't miss it. <laughs> but after that little scene, we get the results of the deliberation, which is that somehow the three of them have made the squad. So they're told that their first game will be um, tomorrow night and they'll just be sitting on the stands, but it'll give them a feel for being on the team. So then Audrey and the rest of the cheerleaders leave and everyone, like the three of them are just kind of like looking around and, um, you know, looking at each other, trying to figure out what's happening. And Parker gives this whole like dramatic speech. She's like, ah, high school drama and talks about yeah. like how dramatic like <laughs> everything is between Audrey and Travis and Lily and, and all of it's this. It's a great recap. Oh, it's, it's so good. But Lily's like, I don't know, maybe we're taking this too far and we should just, you know, tell them that we don't want the positions. And Travis is like, well, you could go for the game tomorrow and we'd get more footage. So that's about all it takes to persuade them. Yeah. You can see Lily's still kind of uneasy about it because we don't know. It seems pretty genuine that like Audrey and and the crew were were excited to have them on the team, because um, even though they weren't maybe the most athletic, they're like you guys have spirit, so let's do this. So ugh, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's called an editorial, and this editorial is about how River Pierce can get away with anything just because of who he is. You can't punish someone because they're cool and you're not. So back in the station, ugh. It's like grueling to listen to. Oh my god, Robbie. The absolute worst. Just will not shut up about River Pierce. And like uh, everyone else on the air, like the the three of them are like, stop. <laughs> like nobody wants yeah. to hear this. And it isn't fair to be like, because he's like accusing River of getting people to vandalize his posters or even doing it himself. They're all like, you can't just accuse him of that on the air. Yeah. And he's like, it's an editorial. <laughs> it's fine. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it takes me right back to uh when they were accusing kim carlisle of like uh vandalism and stuff like that and robbie's like guys we can't do that and it's like but no now it's river pierce and robbie doesn't like him so. yeah yeah it's and- it's very that but we get like you know he he kind of does a, a dig at lily um on the air because he he hints that she's doing the same thing um, with this song that she's doing about Audrey. So she cues Travis to play a song and like they, <laughs> they you know, take off their headphones, talk off air for a, f- a few like seconds about, you know, how it's different and about how Lily's not hiding. And Robbie's like, sure. And then like 10 seconds into this song, <laughs> cues Travis to turn it down. He's like, okay, here's 10 things that suck about River Pierce. <laughs> how disorienting would this broadcast be to listen to? You hear people arguing vehemently and then a song plays for a little bit and then it comes back but also i mean like i've i i harp a lot on the fact that there's no way that cougar radio can have a listenership outside of a high school but now this broadcast has just turned into like th- these djs <laughs> insulting like a 17 year old yes <laughs> i just want to tune in and hear people insult this teenager it's you're so right for as much as like it's like, oh, Cougar Radio is only about a high school. So is our father. It's only about the it's, popular kids. It's just the high school. High school. Uh, and everybody is just like losing their minds over Robbie being awful. And then we get, when we're going to Mickey's, I don't, 
I this this like footage looks different to me or something. I I don't know Toronto well enough, but there's like a little B-roll transition montage of like streetscapes and stuff like that. And it'd be kind of neat to figure out like, is that in Toronto? I don't know. Could be Toronto, could be any random city filmed on a handheld camera at night. <laughs> it, it looks very Toronto. It kind of gives you the vibe of uh, the street that the Horseshoe Tavern's on. In Mickey's, Lily is working on some lyrics, and uh, Travis talks to her for a bit about the music video. He says he, he, made, he got an in with the janitor so they can use the gym, <laughs> and he just has to scrape the gum off tables in return. Do you think this is the, the same janitor? That, like, gave kudos to Ray when he thought him and Lily were making out in a closet. Oh, 100%. I don't like yeah. that. Jan- That's yeah. a bad janitor. They said some things for the music video. As Travis is leaving, Audrey walks back in, looking very much like, kind of like, quote-unquote, original Audrey. Like, and she's she's acting like it, too. Like, she says, oh, hey, Trav. Like, she's actually being, like, really kind of, like, sweet. She's like, don't forget there's a meteor shower. And he's like... Oh, thanks. Like, clearly caught off guard. And uh, then she goes to talk to Lily, and she's like, I know why you're doing this. And Lily's like, uh, you do? And Audrey's like, you miss me, and I miss you. And I know things can't be how they were, but at least we can be civil. And it's like, it's nice when we get along. And Lily's like, yeah. And they hug, and Lily's kind of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it's it's sweet, and it's sad, and it's, oh, no. <laughs> but, but then, you know, we get the flip of all those feelings because we go outside to Mickey's patio, and Robbie is, like, dictating aloud <laughs> as he writes notes Fuck. about everything that's terrible about River Piers. <laughs> like, he's doing, like, saying one word at a time as he writes down all the things that are bad about River. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about other missed opportunities, like, it wouldn't have been, you know, this was 2005, so TV wasn't ready just yet. But there have been some looks between Robbie and River. Like, can you imagine if this turned into like, like, uh, like a passion? Like, I mean, Robbie's just <laughs> frenzied writing, and then he's like, "No, it turns out I loved him a lot." It's long. it's just Robbie and Kim 2.0, really. I mean, it's the same dynamic That's true. of I, he's just constantly in love with Cougar Radio DJs. It's like an yeah, episode where he time yeah. tra- he time travels and falls in love with Waller. <laughs> That's some danger, man. <laughs> so as Robbie's writing um, all these things about River, Q River coming to sit down with him. And he's like, Robbie, you're a, you're a fan of question mark. Can you do me a favor? Can you call him and tell him I don't want to fight? Uh, and Robbie's like, what? You can't. Or River Pierce doesn't want to fight. Yeah, r- Don't forget, yes. he refers to himself as the third, third person. person which is one of the things on Robbie's list of things that he hates. <laughs> and Robbie's like, what, are you scared you're going to lose this fight? He's not worried about losing. He's worried about the station just imploding on its own. Because it's, like, going horribly. Which is, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of cool of him to be like, you know what? Like, what fun is it if these guys, like, tear themselves apart? Now, now even his, like, quote-unquote worst enemy is telling him cut it out you're ruining your own station essentially (laughs) without knowing that it's him so it is halloween week halloween if you will so uh what better time of the year to talk about a little show called goosebumps Uh, 
Goosebumps first aired from 1995 to 1998. It was produced by Protocol Entertainment, Scholastic Entertainment, and Gajdecki Visual Effects. So Scholastic. Scholastic. Like as in Scholastic, uh, Scholastic, Fair Scholastic, right? Yeah, yeah, like a a division of, of them. So that's pretty nice. Um, obviously, we all know Scholastic, but to touch on the other areas, uh, Protocol Entertainment also worked on series like Police Academy, the series, The Saddle Club, and most importantly, oh, yes. Animorphs. Oh, yes, that's right. Tweeva. Oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, it, it really does. Also, a weird thing about Protocol Entertainment, the president of the company is Steve Levitan, a.k.a. the creator of Modern Family. <laughs> oh, I did not know that part. So there's <laughs> there's a weird connection for you. And then... Is Protocol Entertainment, is that the one that has the... Uh, do they still have the spam thing on their website being like, if you get any job offers from Honolulu, don't take them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't check their website. That's, that's very good, though. And then uh, Gajdecki Visual Effects, um, founded by John Gajdecki. Here's just a little um, blurb about what they've worked on. Uh, one of the first series that they worked on was the short-lived Dracula the series, but their mm. first big success was with Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Since then, GVFX has worked on various television projects such as Stargate SG-1, The Outer Limits, Goosebumps, and films such as Mimic and Bride of Chucky, among others. Uh, the company was working on iRobot prior to bankruptcy. After the company went bankrupt, Gajdecki moved to Rainmaker Studios as a visual effects supervisor, and they carried out the rest of production. Yeah, we know Rainmaker Studios. Uh, Gajdecki would continue to work as a visual effects supervisor on films such as Slither, The Hole, and Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2. (laughs) (laughs) Chihuahua. I guess before I get, we delve into uh, the the crew, um, Hubert, do you have anything that you want to chime in on about this show? Oh, Goosebumps. R L S T N E, my favorite <laughs> Wheel of Fortune letters. <laughs> That's so true. It's really good. That is kind of wild. So I, I I can't get that out of my mind. Growing up with R L Stein at the Scholastic <laughs> Book Fair and the and the show. Uh, yeah. Now that I watch Wheel of Fortune occasionally when it's on TV, it's always freaking R L Stein. The free letters. <laughs> That's all but, I can think of. <laughs> it's like he paid in order to like he has like somewhere. There's like buried in there that he paid to have that happen. Yes. I, I wasn't a big fan of the main series of books, but they had a sub series called Create Your Own, like Choose Your Own Adventure books, where it would still be like a horror thing, but you could choose. Like, there, I think there was like one path out of the 20 or 30 branching paths where you actually did survive. And in every other one, you'd like end up like locked in a walk in freezer or like just, just drowning. And like, they had terrible terrible scenarios and it's like as a kid you were just like oh spooky and now it's like why are we i don't know for, for me now it's kind of like it's it's one part goofy and one part just kind of like gross out it's not even like spooky it's just kind of like that's just gross but yeah, I, I remember reading those books having a lot of fun with them the show uh was always like a top contender for me between whether i wanted to watch that or i wanted to watch are you afraid of the dark they were like kind of rivaling those two shows i think the big, the biggest draw for me from this show was like there was a couple of wacky episodes that like are still nightmare fuel for me till this day. I love the opening sequence. It's like uh, I think they really uh, leaned heavily on those visual effects studios you guys were talking about. The dog morphs into a dog with yellow. Yes, eyes. 
Yes, the doc- the lady gets sad. The lady on the billboard gets sad. Yeah, her hair like straightens and she looks angry. It's like, oh no, it's so spooky. <laughs> Remember that goosebumps where the lady just got sad? <laughs> yeah, the lady just got sad and her hair wasn't wavy anymore. <laughs> but but the ultimate pinnacle achieve- of achievement from that whole opening sequence is uh, in the soundtrack uh, is a, a little sound bite where the the main like motif of the melody is played on as Sammy describes it a dog keyboard. Yes, where they go hope 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 hope. And I think it's actually when the dog's on screen yes, too. Yes, it's very well timed. But yeah, there's like this um recurring thing in, in the books and it's kind of in the show too where they have this thing called monster blood. Are you guys familiar with monster blood? No. It's essentially you guys I know the Goosebumps logo how it's like this green slimy thing, right? Yeah that's apparently supposed to, like it's supposed to be kind of what monster blood is it's like this green ooze that like if it touches you it eats you Ooh. so very very spooky stuff and there was a whole bunch of rl stein books about the subject of monster blood and a couple of episodes and the one of the nightmare fuel episodes that kind of sticks with me was is one where like i think it's like a continuation of another episode where this kid is on the plane going back to his parents' house and he's telling like everybody, like all his friends, like about this crazy adventure he had escaping from the monster blood. And nobody believes him. And of course the monster blood is on the plane and it eats everybody except for him, I think. And like he has to like at one point sneak into the luggage, like the overhead compartments of the luggage and like s- crawl through to the other side of the plane inside the overhead compartments. To get away from the monster blood, it's it's very silly, very goofy, but uh, good quality spook content for Canada. Is it like a sentient liquid then, or something? I think so. Like... Yeah, like you've seen that green slime I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the monster blood, apparently. It just makes me think of that infamous creepy pasta, the day of all the blood, where it's like, and the blood went everywhere, and it got it everybody, <laughs> and then and then they all drowned in it, and that's all I could think uh. of, but. I, I remember, I didn't, I don't remember reading Goosebumps as much, but I definitely read Ghosts of Fear Street, which was another, I don't know what the, what the main difference was between the two, because they were both like freaky series. And I used to read a bunch of them until my mom made me stop because they were giving me nightmares. <laughs> so I want to dive into the crew. So obviously we've touched a little bit on R.L. Stein, the creator of the books and the series, um, this being based off of his books. Um, He's been called the Stephen King of children's literature. Uh, Stein wrote dozens of books. So he actually started in humor books for kids under the name Jovial Bob Stein. (laughs) (laughs) Jovial Bob. Hey, it's Jovial Bob. I love that. If if I don't go into all of my meetings with my name changed to Jovial Bob, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. God. (laughs) So he he started there and he created uh, the humor magazine Bananas. Uh, he wrote his first horror novel, Blind Date, in 1986, and then just kind of stayed in that niche, started releasing the Goosebump series in 1992, and obviously, you know, that took off, and he made tons of Goosebumps books uh, that were a big part of many, you know, children's childhood uh, at that time. So here's just a little bit uh, blurb about his accomplishments. Among the awards he has received are the 2002 Champion of Reading Award from the Free Public Library of Philadelphia, that award's first year, the Disney Adventures Kids' Choice Award for Best Book, Mystery, or Horror, three-time recipient, and the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Award, also received three times. During the 1990s, Stein was listed on People Weekly's Most Intriguing People list, and in 2003, the Guinness Book of World Records named Stein as the best-selling children's book series author of all time. 
He won the Thriller Writers of America Silver Bullet Award in 2007 and the Horror Writers Association Lifetime Achievement Award in 2014. His stories have even inspired R.L. Stein's Haunted Lighthouse 40 movie-based attractions at SeaWorld and Busch Gardens. What? <laughs> that sounds <Wow>. insane. <laughs> you want to go to SeaWorld for a Goosebumps attraction? Uh. <laughs> By all means. Oh, no. They just replace all the tanks with, like, monster blood. <laughs> Have fun. It, it's just SeaWorld, like nothing has changed. It's just the horror of what SeaWorld is. Oh no! <laughs> SeaWorld is the real horror. Oh fuck. So the series was developed by Deborah Forte. In 1995, she became the president of Scholastic Media and formed Scholastic Entertainment in 1997. So in her time there at Scholastic, she produced such titles as Clifford the Big Red Dog, I Spy, The Magic School Bus, Goosebumps, Animorphs, and The Babysitter's Club. Oh, so shit. she was she was wow. really really doing something for yeah. the millennials right there. This okay. lady um, made my childhood. Yeah, she she really did. She really did that. So thank you, Deborah. Um, her most <laughs> recent work was in producing the 2019 His Dark Materials adaptation. So I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. So she is she's still out here doing some cool work. But uh, thank you for your service, Deborah. And the theme music, which we touched on briefly, was done by Jack Lenz. Uh, he's got a ton of credits to his name working in composition for TV, but the only one that I'm going to touch on is the fact that he was a producer and composer for Nana Lan. Oh, so, oh shit. <laughs> Amazing. That makes so much sense. <laughs> we, can, we can thank this man for, for a whole lot. I mean, we, 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 I, you got to figure there had to have been some connection between Goosebumps and Nana Lan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love how the CanCon web is so tightly knit. To the point where, I mean, we've we mentioned Goosebumps already briefly when we talked about um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because Canada has like a very strange, like, at least around the time uh, that we're looking at children's shows, just really hit a niche with like children's horror anthologies. Yeah. There were just a ton in the late 90s, early 2000s. And this was one of them. Um, but you know, we've, we've touched on what this series is, but just to give the actual description, it's an anthology of stories about tweens and young teens finding themselves in creepy and un unusual situations, typically involving supernatural elements or the occult. There were 74 episodes spread across four seasons and it initially aired on YTV and Fox Kids. Being an anthology series, we have a rotating cast here. We don't have, you know, consistent characters and there isn't like a real framing device the way that you see with are you afraid of the dark where it's them kind of telling stories around a campfire um there are some names that you know across this cast that we've seen uh coming up before in our CanCon segment names like uh amos crawley annika bonsawin elizabeth saunders daniel DeSanto, and um i mean i gotta i gotta say kyle downs my boy larry tudgman oh uh, damn <laughs> He's really doing it. Some other notable guest stars, um, Hayden Christensen, what? Colin Mockery, Whoa. Ryan Gosling, and Adam West. What? Oh, man. That's they so got great. Adam West. That's, I mean, knowing knowing the type of movies Adam West was doing towards the end of his career, that's not surprising and very delightful. <laughs> Most of the show are, you know, contained stories. There is kind of uh, one recurring character throughout it who is kind of the, the mascot of the show. And that is Slappy the Dummy. 
so oh, here's yeah. a little description about him. Since his debut in 1993 at the end of Night of the Living Dummy, Slappy has become the most popular villain in the mascot of the Goosebumps franchise, appearing in more books and media than any other Goosebumps character. And he became the antagonist of the films that happened later on. He's oh, kind God. of a Make he's kind of like a de- delicate ripoff of Chucky, if I remember correctly, right? Well, he's kind of more like a ventriloquist puppet, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's more of a ventriloquist puppet. Um, right, right. But I mean, it doesn't take much to make those things creepy. Oh God! Show no. me, oh, yeah. show me a marionette. I want, I want nothing to do with it. No thanks, hard um, But yeah, very, very creepy. But um, his design inspired uh, the marionette puppet kind of henchman in Toy Story Four. Ah, I can totally see that. Oh my God. <laughs> So um, just kind of diving into the fandom of this, Hubert, you are not alone in this being like a very memorable thing from childhood. This is a a very active fandom wiki. There's a ton of posts from the past few days alone. Like just really, we've got about 14 pages worth of blog posts in this fandom wiki. And it's all all pretty wholesome. Here's a couple of excerpts that I really liked. Um, This post says, so I just wanted to say I'll be a pumpkin head from Attack of the Jack-O-Lanterns this Halloween because that's how much I like Goosebumps. Nothing big here. Just wanted to get that out onto some other Goosebumps fans. That's oh. awesome. It's <laughs> very, very cute. Oh, I love that. Um, there's a, a piece here about like some merch that got released. And they said, quick heads up that you can get Book of Spooky Nights, a Goosebumps shirt from T-Fury today. It's a neat shirt, but not one I'd get. <laughs> <laughs> just... A really weird advertisement. Yeah. Can you imagine like marketing as a company being like, you might like it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> but it's like, be- it's, it's below not for my me, but I just thought you should know. <laughs> yeah. One of you plebs might like it. Somebody really borked something with oh, no. the, the design of the fandom wiki. Because oh, no. it's like there's um, two columns that are uh, a cover of one of the books. But it's like they didn't put it behind the other elements. So oh. depending on how your browser is scaled, it blocks like half of the content. Oh, oh no. It's, it's really horrendous to look at. Oh, geez. Um, this is my favorite post from the uh, blogs. One thing that I've learned about doing this segment is that the blog section of a fandom wiki is really where it's at. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can learn a lot about people in general. Um, but this post is called, Come on, Scholastic. Remember how perfect the old Goosebumps website was? Well, the new one, actually been around since 2018, is really weak. Um, I will note that this post is from October 7th, 2020. Amazing. One, it's not up to date. Seriously, this wiki is more up to date than an official website. Two, where are all the games? The only thing we get is Slappy's Drop Dead House, utter garbage. And even that isn't part of the site. It's part of the home base thing. Three, where's all the goosebumpsy stuff? The old site, even the 2016 one, had some quizzes and cool monster stuff. Four, they use the old logo, the good one, yet they don't even print those books anymore. Don't count the tins. Plus, the old logo is just used with new art. Five, the who is R.L. Stein section is longer than the goosebumps sections. And then there's just like a, a whole whole series of ellipses. And then in all caps, why am I ranting about a kid's site? I like that, like, dawning kind of realizations. Like, what am I doing with my life? But but still felt the need to post it. Yes. I do love the question, where are the games? I feel like... Where are the games? I know certainly a lot of my web browsing has been kind of condensed into those social media gardens, but I do remember going on, like, 
you'd go on like product websites or Cartoon Network and just be full of games. Are there no games oh. anymore? <laughs> that's like that. That's the best. The Flash games of the early two thousands were like my the biggest source of joy for so long. Like all of oh the Barbie games. And I feel like it's actually very uncommon that I, you know, have friends who also went on Cartoon Network because that was like the best place for games, the, the Cartoon best Network place website. For games. People always talk so about addicting good. games, but like, dude, you want good games, just go to Cartoon Network. So there's, you know, just just a ton of wiki and um, fandom posts um, across, you know, that platform, across Reddit. A lot of people um, posting kind of their rankings of Goosebumps episodes. That's kind of one of the the big um, things that you see coming out of this show. Um, I did find while looking at the the Reddit, um, R.L. Stein did an AMA a few years ago, oh. uh, which is fun. Um, I'll pop into some of the questions here. Um, this one says, did it make you happy knowing you deprived me and countless others sleep for weeks? <laughs> he said, yes, it did. Perfect. Um, so when I wasn't allowed to read your books as a kid, but I still did in secret. What would you say to eight-year-old me if you could go back in time? And R.L. Stein says, hand over your lunch money. <laughs> <laughs> Hubert, to, to touch on your choose-your-own-adventure uh, memories, this person says, why did most of the choose-your-own-adventures end with my character's death? <laughs> was I just not good at making decisions? And Harl Stein says, you are terrible at making decisions. <laughs> I love this. Just Harl Stein's like, yeah, hook me up with this Reddit thing so I can dunk on all my readers. He's so good. Yeah, he's just, he's just kind of roasting all of them, but it's it's very it's very fun. Um, my, my favorite post says, can you come to Toronto so I can hug you? Monster Blood 2 is my favorite. And Harl Stein says, yes, I would come to Toronto for a hug. Maybe sometime soon. Aww. Aww. So that's cute. I mean, other other things, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are just kind of reminiscing. A lot of it exists within that fandom space of people talking about their favorite episodes and, you know, their memories of the show. But uh, one thing that I stumbled across was just just a lot of slappy fan art um, oh, no. across across <laughs> Tumblr and across Reddit. And all of that is like fine and good. It's like, you know, weird, like humanized versions of slappy and it's kind of weird, but it's fine because it's nowhere near the level that the self-insert slappy fan fiction I found oh, has what? reached. No. What? So, how does that? Do people insert themselves into it's, slappy? It's like it's like shipping slappy <gasps> with the reader. Oh no! There is a whole community on Wattpad and on Archive of Our Own. I didn't read any of them, but just the the titles and descriptions and tags have told me more than I need to know. We are approaching monster by mistake levels of, you know, parts of the internet I didn't I didn't need to see, but oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that want to fuck that puppet. <laughs> uh, oh no. Uh, just want to take that sound bite out from the podcast and just post it without content. <laughs> there, there are some things that just I didn't need to know existed. No. And uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of them are slappy fanfiction. <laughs> yeah, net browsers beware, you're in for a scare. Head over to our favorite segment within a segment, does it have a change.org petition? Uh, I found several petitions of around course. Goosebumps. 
this first one is bring back the original Goosebumps covers um, because people are big fans of the original art. Like there are a lot of people that are really, really passionate about the Goosebumps book covers because they're pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So um, there's petitions around that to preserve that. Uh, this one, get Goosebumps www.enterhorrorland website back up for good. Um, I don't think people understand how a single website works and you can't just petition that back into the universe. I like to think um, it was started by that guy who posted in the fandom wiki of complaining about the new website. Oh, I hope so. I hope it's the same person. <laughs> um, we've got, you know, kind of uh, one that we see across most of our petitions. Put R.L. Stein's Goosebumps television series on DVD. Yes. There's always people looking for DVDs. And then there's three separate petitions about um, keeping Goosebumps on Netflix because, you know, people found out that it was going to get taken off on Netflix and a ton of people just like started a petition where like, you can't do that. (laughs) Again, not understanding how media licensing works. Yeah. But I'm just going to read the description of one of these uh, Netflix-based petitions. I've always been a fan of Goosebumps ever since I was a young boy in daycare who saw The Haunted Mask Part 1 for the first time and was unable to sleep through the night for a whole week. In that regard, Goosebumps means a whole lot to me. I attribute a lot of fears growing up to Goosebumps, and as a young adult, I've managed to overcome these fears and watch it regularly to prove a point to myself. (laughs) This year, Netflix decided to spring on us citizens of the world the day after the spookiest night of the year that they are planning on removing Goosebumps from Netflix on November 19th, 2018. I will not stand for this. Goosebumps is far too important from a cultural standpoint, as I believe it has inspired many of the horror classics from the 2000s, as well as the 2006 Adam Sandler movie titled Click. (laughs) In a world where people stand divided on almost every facet of life, I believe that we the people can stand together on the fact that Goosebumps is one of the single greatest television shows of all time. R.L. Stein, if you are reading this, I will not allow your life's crown achievement to be silenced by the executives at Netflix. We must band together. How else will I watch a classic episode like My Hairiest Adventure or The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight? I appreciate anyone who signs this, as every backer helps. Us Goosebumps aficionados are a vocal community that will not stand to be stifled. Oh my god. P.S. I would like to point out that the 2015 Goosebumps movie starring Jack Black is underrated and very tastefully pays homage to the books and television series. PPS. <laughs> I wasn't kidding. Adam Sandler's click is literally based off a Goosebumps episode with the same name. I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that, but I've come to terms in my old age that I, I can accept it as part of the Goosebumps cinematic universe. My old age. Good PPS. Um, what? Oh, Even if... No. Even if you don't watch Goosebumps, can you still sign this? I looked up how much it will cost to buy all the DVDs, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to commit to that just yet. Oh my god! There's so much there. P P P P S. No, no, no. That's too much P. I am the singer of a very successful indie band called Courtesy Wave, which has 50 concurrent monthly listeners on Spotify. Oh my god. If this petition reaches 100 signatures, Courtesy Wave will cover the Goosebumps theme song and release it for free download to all of our supporters. I don't try to involve my band with politics, Ah! but sometimes enough is enough. Enough is enough. (laughs) Oh... We've we've golden. really lost our way as a society. Okay, there's so many things about that. First of all, first of all, can we so start can we start a change.org petition right now for everybody to 
go and buy, what's the name of the band? Courtesy, courtesy wave. wave. Everybody go right now to Bandcamp and buy everything by Courtesy Wave, so this, so this poor poor man can afford all the <laughs> DVDs of Goosebumps. Yes, I I will say he said if this petition reaches a hundred signatures, they got to three hundred and fourteen. Oh so man, I'm I'm looking for that Goosebumps theme cover. True. Yeah, we got to find that. That's got to be somewhere out there on the net. I was concerned by the uh, description of the Goosebumps fandom as a vocal group that will not be stifled because I feel like <laughs> describing yourself <laughs> oh. as that generally is a bad idea. No, oh, that's excellent. a bad thing. I love, I love how he considered this this a political statement too. I know. Yes. It's so good. Also, before the first PS, like <laughs> the original PS, I think did he did he we the people at us at one point? Yes. Yes, he, he did. totally did. Oh my goodness, this is this is the best version of con- of the constitution I could ever imagine. <laughs> we the people would demand goosebumps back on the air. We the people require a lower price on the goosebumps DVDs so I can record them. <laughs> oh, this is very good. Oh, love it. It what a might gem. be my favorite uh, petition to date. Yes, this is but art. Just just to wrap things up, you know, some other things that have come out of the uh, Goosebumps universe. So it's mentioned in that petition, but there are two movie adaptations as well. Uh, Goosebumps in 2015 and Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween in 2018. Uh, they feature Jack Black as R.L. Stein. Uh, apparently they're good. There were six Goosebumps video games. There was a series of comics called Creepy Creatures. And, you know, just just a ton of other merch. Um, there is a page on the Phantom Wiki that lists all of the merchandise that came out kind of during the peak of Goosebumps. But just to list off some of the areas, there were snapbacks and beanies, socks, sneakers, like some solid, like very 90s chunky sneakers. Winter gloves, sunglasses, swimming trunks, fanny packs, wallets, screaming keychains, hologram rings and necklaces, LCD watches, clock radios, bookends, doorknob covers, pillows, towels, shampoo, tents, stamps, play sets, paint kits, board games, handheld games, pinball games. That's like halfway through the page. Jeez. <laughs> like I just, there's so much Goosebumps merch in the 90s and 2000s. I need there to be... A slappy doll, and one of the safety warnings is "Do not fuck this puppy." (laughs) (laughs) For for me, for me and my sanity, don't fuck that puppy. (laughs) This toy is not a toy. Oh no! Um, But currently, if you're looking for Goosebumps merch, if you go to creepycompany.com, you can find some cool shirts and enamel pins. Amazing. and, you know, as for future endeavors, on April 28th of 2020, it was announced that a reboot live-action TV series was in the works by Scholastic Entertainment, Sony Whoa. Pictures Television, and Neil H. Moritz's production company, Original Film, who produced the 2015 movie and its sequel. Cool. So, um, you know, just like Are You Afraid of the Dark coming back, we got Goosebumps coming nice. back. More DVDs to not be able to afford. Yeah! <laughs> Um, so we'll, we'll just touch on some reviews here. Uh, these are all from my favorite place, Common Sense Media. <laughs> this one is called Creative, Albeit Haphazardly Executed TV Series. I'm just going to be completely transparent. I've only read some of the books in the range and rarely paid attention to the show when it first aired on Fox Kids. I've only started watching it as a teenager, that is, after I finished watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? I can honestly say that in comparison, Goosebumps just isn't that great. Some episodes just feel incredibly rushed, especially the twist endings. There's one episode where these kids live their life normally but are really supposed to be dogs? How can dogs become so adept at living as human kids to the extent of forming a rock band? (laughs) 
In another instance, this kid goes to camp and is put through a series of tests and trials, but then it's revealed he was part of a government experiment, and he and his parents seek Earth as their next destination. This is regardless of the fact that the campsite and all of its happenings were very much on Earth. Way to merely tack something on at the end. <laughs> Speaking of endings, I've always seen one of the reviews say that the good guys always win in the end. Yes, they win plenty in Are You Afraid of the Dark? But in this series, they don't, not even remotely. No ending in Goosebumps is positive. Often the main character or characters find themselves trapped, about to be killed, or subject to a bizarre, abrupt cliffhanger. This can be especially unsettling to younger viewers, particularly those who expect a happy ending. For this reason, I only recommend Goosebumps for those a little older who could appreciate it from a creative standpoint. Otherwise, it may have a long-standing ill effect on kids age six below. Well, yeah, it's a horror show. <laughs> when you put it like that. <laughs> this review is called Goosebumps is Too Scary. Oh. This show scared the chicken out of my kids. <laughs> <laughs> like they just had chicken nuggets or something and it's get, like they all came back. <laughs> get the chicken out of your kids. <laughs> they were both nine when they first watched it and now they are ten and still freaked out. Oh, I miss my 18 year old. That is Anne Collage. <laughs> Sad face. <laughs> what? It's my, my favorite Goosebumps episode where this person's 18-year-old kid got turned into a collage. <laughs> I know it's just a typo, but it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> and then finally this one says, So cool. I love this Goosebumps. It is so cool. I don't even feel scared after watching it. It's just for fun, not for getting frightened. But it may be frightening to such kids who think that a ghost will come to their house and eat them and so on. Thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any lore consistent with the fact that a ghost would eat you? <laughs> Is that what ghosts do? If you wanna if you wanna deflect any ghost, just say thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. You say you look in a mirror and you say thanks three times. Yes. <laughs> and the ghosts are like, okay, that's fine. I love how the swing of energy in that review, it's like, yeah, it's a pretty good show. It's not really scary, it's just for fun. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Like it's just like <laughs> I also love like the the first line of it. I love this goosebumps. Like yeah. it. It feels very much like that Gabe Gundacker video of like, what? what is this, music? Is this that music? <laughs> yes. But that's uh, that's my little deep dive into Goosebumps, if you guys have anything else to add. Just watch the title sequence if you haven't seen it. It's so good. You've got like the shadowy G, like drifting over things and turning them into, into dogs with yellow eyes and ladies with straight hair who look sad. <laughs> and it's, it's just seasonal depression. <laughs> I wanted to bring you the cheer handbook. Just thought it might help. Okay. Um, that's that's really nice of you. The friends are gathered in Lily's basement again, Parker, Megan, Travis, and Lily, and they're looking through the footage that Travis got on his giant chunky camcorder. Oh, I love seeing old school camcorders. So much fun. And uh they're kind of going through the footage when Lily's dad calls down and says that she has a visitor and it's Jordan and Jordan stopped by to give the give them the cheer handbook and the the guys quickly like you know hide the hide what they're doing 
And uh, she says, oh, I hope I wasn't interrupting anything. They're like, no, no, no. We were just going to rehearse a new song. And she's like, oh, I love No Man's Land. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and uh, and so she she gives them the cheer, cheer tryouts and says, okay, bye. I'll see you later. And Lily's like, guys, she's really sweet. And they're like, oh, Lily, are you going to bail? And she's like, no, I'm not going to bail. But again, we're kind of seeing Lily's moral compass being swayed a bit by genuinely nice moment with the with jordan which kind of came out of nowhere but it's really nice back in robbie's vendetta land uh ray and robbie basically just ray finally just kind of gets fully fed up with robbie and says you know what i'm not doing this anymore because robbie's like we should have a song and some bad sound effects and do 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 we should just like do full barrels at river like, does he just want, like, fart noises every time he <laughs> says River Pierce? Yeah, just... <laughs> That's... Oh, my gosh. That that should be one of Travis's slider sound effects. Just a really long fart that you could just, like, <laughs> I thought I thought you, like, just had a really brilliant idea the way no. that you let that in. Yeah. And you just... You got so excited, and it was just for long it's just farts. farts. Just about farts. But can you imagine just, like, kind of gently fading in and fading out just... Like, that's not very good but <laughs> jody's covering her you're really selling hands. me on this yeah yeah i know so so that happens and ray says you know what i'm not gonna be there today and i bet lily and travis aren't either so quit it and robbie's like well i'm the voice of justice or whatever he thinks he is and he's determined to do the thing then in the gym uh jordan's practicing the cheer routines with um with no man's land and they're just not getting it they're kind of just goofing around really (laughs) yeah and it's like this clearly isn't cheer practice it's just them and jordan's like taking the time to like teach them stuff um and she's trying to be like as patient as possible and she's like well you guys are having fun and that's why you do this right um and you know, they all just kind of sit on on the bench and, um, you know, Jordan's being really nice. So Lily's like, I, I can't do this. And Jordan thinks she's talking about cheerleading, but Lily is kind of about to reveal their, their plans. And Jordan cuts them off and says that they're being set up by Audrey um, and that at the, at the game, she's going to call them out to perform at halftime. So they'll look stupid in front of everybody. Um so it's it's a bummer because it was like maybe 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 Audrey is coming around, um, mm, so but sad. she's clearly not, and it was all a setup. So Jordan says, you know what, just just don't show up tonight, and I'll tell Audrey you changed your minds, and it's the least I could do for friends. So Jordan leaves, and they're like, all right, this is back on. We're doing the song. We're doing the video, and uh, uh, it just hurts so much because it seemed like Audrey and Lily were having a genuine moment. I know. <laughs> I know. So we we get uh, surprise, surprise, continuation of Robbie's wine fest on the radio oh, of so just bad. insulting River Pierce. Oh, he's so bitter when he starts, and he he's like, you know, opens up the phone lines, and he's like, I would like to hear everybody else's thoughts on River Pierce. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, he's so dramatic about it. And the callers are like, I think what you're doing is wrong. Like, I don't think you should be using this platform to attack this dude. And he gets into an argument with the caller and he cuts them off. He takes them off the air. 
and does the very thing that he chastised River for at the uh, beginning of the episode. My my foibles. Uh. Um, Our heroes are becoming the villains. <gasps> that that is very much the theme of the episode. Yeah, yeah. But Robbie just kind of has this this moment of realization, and you know the rest of the gang, you know, obviously aren't at the station with him. It's just Robbie doing this on his own. But they're all listening in, and they're like, "I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he, he cut somebody off." Um, and he has this realization where he's like, I, I cut off a listener. And then he just kind of takes a step back and he apologizes. And he's like, that's not what this platform is supposed to be. And I'd like to apologize to everybody, to, you know, uh, Smog and Shady Lane, and especially Pronto, because Robbie, because Ray has really been um, pushing Robbie to stop this. And then he apologizes to uh, River, because through all of this, River never stooped to his level uh qs seeing river vandalizing posters and he's like <laughs> listening to rfr on his like little like portable radio and he's just like dang it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh playing his games but there's uh there's a really cute moment where uh he he kind of wonders if 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 the listeners and everybody can can forgive him and then Ray, like, kind of ambles in. He's been listening on, like, a little portable radio. He's like, yeah, I can forgive you. Which makes me think, what was Ray doing? Was he just kind of pacing around outside the shed so he could walk in at yeah, the opportune make time? make this dramatic, dramatic entrance. It's like hiding on the roof and then he leaps down. Like, surprise, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cute. Just Robbie and Ray kind of making up, as they do. Uh, up next is a band that made things happen at Soundwave. This is... No man's land. Yeah. Well, we we get the conclusion of the episode, which I'm not sure we've we've even really touched on in our uh, recap. But they kind of keep mentioning throughout this episode um, this M- Mickey's video cabaret, which I guess is like this like mini film fest that Mickey's is doing. So uh, we go there and we open on like this weird experimental kind of film, which. I'd really like to know um, the story behind. I do yeah. like uh, we're we're looking at the credits right now, and there's a special thanks to Ed and Ted. Ed and Ted, so yes, we haven't we seen know those that boys in a while. We haven't seen them. We haven't seen them in so long. But I'm hoping that some of the other names in here are like crew shoutouts because right? that that would be very fun. But yeah, it's it's a very weird setup. It's like one of those kind of like AV cart TVs that's wheeled onto the stage. And then there's just like the weirdest cutout letters I've ever seen that say video cabaret. Like they don't look like any sign you would be able to find. Yeah. I I can't make sense of them. Like they're this weird like corrugated material. They, they look like they're like that hyper reflective like stuff you put on kids like backpacks. Yeah. 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 Um. So we, we open on that. We see Audrey and Jordan enter the room. As River gets up to announce the next video, which is the No Man's Land music video, uh, which is, you know, their dig at the uh, cheerleaders. And it's this whole video of them in the gym, kind of dressed up as cheerleaders, you know, playing interspersed with the footage that Travis got of them at tryouts. And the whole song is, you know, just like making a dig at how shallow cheerleaders are. You know, the video goes off and they're all really happy with it. They get a big round of applause. But then Audrey comes up to Lily and she's like, you just made your life a whole lot worse. And then passes by Jordan and she's like, I'm done with you. 
and leaves and Lily's like, oh no, <laughs> like she didn't want this to backfire on Jordan. So uh, she meets up with Jordan outside of Mickey's and she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't like, I wasn't playing to do this to you. I was doing this to Audrey. And she kind of thinks that she's like in the clear because she was like, well, it wasn't, it wasn't about you. And Jordan's like, but I'm one of them. And because you've done this, you're not any better than Audrey. And Jordan leaves and Lily's just kind of like left contemplating that as inside they announce that they're like the winners of this video cabaret, but Lily can't really celebrate it. Oh my God. And that's how the episode ends. It's so sad. <laughs> You're dander. so devastated. Well, it's just, it's- Are you okay? I, I guess it's, it's more of a reflective ending, but it's just a real bummer. And I'm still so mystified, like, Oh, just like the manipulativeness of that Audrey scene in the middle. Like she didn't have to do that and she did. And it was a setup all along. And why did she talk to Travis? And like, oh. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> that's the only interaction she has with Travis throughout all of this. Like yeah. all of this is to spite Lily. Yeah. It's never, it's like, she's not after Travis at all. <laughs> So over in Mickey's discs, according to RadioProsco4.tripod.com, songs featured in this episode include Nice to Meet You by the Yoko Cassianos, Front and Center by Avery, Getaway by Mike's Sister, and Sherwood Under a Lamp. And we're running out of bands to talk about because we've talked about a bunch of them already, including Avery, who did the jingle for the Rebel Bags, as you might remember. <laughs> oh, who, who could forget? Um, I did try to find out anything about the band Mike's sister and I couldn't find anything um but I mean all of this is overshadowed by the fact that No Man's Land has a new track yeah I mean it really is the song of the episode it is I've got spirit in every part just not in my heart is a line that kind of randomly pops into my head sometimes like just not even not even what I'm thinking about RFR like it'll just be like it'll just be there like oh yeah (laughs) you see a spirit Halloween Yes. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> there's there's something hollow for you. Is Spirit Halloween? They've got spirit in every part, but not in their cold corporate heart. It's Thank it's God. great. I love Spirit <laughs> Halloween because they just kind of show up in like old like failed buildings, like where there yes. used to be a business, but there isn't anymore. Yeah. And they're well, just there's... like, yeah, we'll pay this one month of lease, and then they come in. There's there's one in in town here that is in the space that a Victoria's Secret used to be in which is one of my favorite ones. I remember one year there was one in like an old future shop building and it was like soon enough after the future shop closed that it was like there was still like the big play buttons on the floor. So you'd be like walking through the spirit Halloween and there was just all this kind of like future shop, you know, That's funny. existence still around. Hubert and I worked in a, uh, not a spirit Halloween, but it was like similarly it's party city now but it was a different party franchise and they would do seasonal stores and it was yeah. funny like to be there from the beginning of them setting up the store because it was literally like i can't remember what it used to be but it was just like an old store i think they used like to sell Moore's suits like men's thing. suits in that yeah, building it was Moore's. It was, Moore's, I was think. it a Moore's? i think so i think that it sounds was about Moore's. right and yeah just going into this very bare old store and setting up the shelves and doing all of the stocking and stuff like that it's kind of wild there was multiple layers to it because first you had to like build the store from scratch from an empty space and then you had to stock the shelves and then you had to like decorate it for halloween (laughs) yeah so it was like it was a matryoshka doll of decoration and and setup i remember getting so sick of like the radio station that 
our manager liked to put on which was just the top five so i asked him if i could make a cd of halloween music to bring in and he was like sure so i like burned a halloween mix cd and brought Aww. it to this totally not legal fun. but like so cool <laughs> yeah we didn't pay the socan fee on that sorry <laughs> but how much did you spend on like random halloween oh, junk man. while you worked there well the like thing at is, least half my paycheck well well hubert i don't i don't know if you remember but the thing is you could get like little like party bucks or whatever for just like i don't know showing up and doing a good job so you could get like essentially free money to buy stuff at the store so i definitely used a lot of that but i uh, guess uh, i probably uh, did yeah i probably did end up spending if if not stuff at the store then like walking across the plaza to go to quiznos on my lunch break a lot <laughs> mm. i remember spending a ton of money on like props for like different costumes i'm like maybe someday down the road i'll want to dress up like a pirate so i'm gonna get this pirate sword <laughs> and for, so you know, there goes 15 dollars of my hard-earned money and yes. but i i did earn a lot of uh a lot of those bucks like those in-store dollars that okay our our manager was so cool because he would like he understood who the demographic was for people that were trying to work at a seasonal Halloween store in the middle of October, like the September through November. And so he knew it was going to be a bunch of students and people that are just kind of like really chill. <laughs> so he did a lot to kind of like incentivize us to, to, to come in and do our job and not be, not be foolish. Except for and, the kids who like stole things and then were fired. <laughs> like, why would you turn a job, a seasonal job with pretty good perks for a seasonal job into a potential like i want to say is it like a, a criminal case against yourself that's pretty that's pretty serious stuff like stealing from work can get you into a hot, lot of hot water i mean my first job one kid got fired because he stored his weed in the walk-in freezer <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's very good. Hubert, for being on the show, to you I say, thanks, thanks, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Do, do I get a buck? Do I get a, <laughs> do I get a spirit Halloween dollar? Get some podcast free Roscoe bucks to spend at nice. our non-existent merch store. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we, we can't license anything. We don't have yeah. the rights. We don't Guys, have thanks rights. for having me on the show. It's always a blast listening in and uh, doing those CanCon breaks. Always a blast to have you here, Hubert. And to our listenership, uh, we're hoping all of you have a very uh, safe and happy Halloween. Eat chocolate. Eat treats. And spoopy. Yeah, spoopy. eat. Eat spoopy. You know, it might be a weird Halloween, but there's still so many things you can do. You can watch so many scary movies. Uh, a Goosebumps, if you will. Yes. Eat that chocolate. Carve them pumpkins. A single goosebump. <laughs> if all else fails, you can just close your eyes and then get pretend to get freaked out that you can't see or you, it's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> just trying to trick yourself into forgetting how to open your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can have your own little goosebumps episode of like, who turned out the lights? <laughs> Just 20 minutes of like somebody <laughs> sitting on the couch with their eyes closed. This, uh, While the Goosebumps theme plays. Have you guys decided on any Halloween costumes? Actually, I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought about this. I have an old wizard cloak that I got from, <laughs> from my Halloween store job. <laughs> I still have it. I might put on my wizard cloak and hat and then... You be a wizard and I have a practice flower crown I made while hanging out with Jody. I made a practice crown for my wedding. 
which I didn't end up making a flower crown for, which is probably a good idea. I got to actually pay somebody to make a pretty one, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll be some kind of fairy. <laughs> yeah, be a cute little fairy. Yeah. That's fun. Anything where I don't actually have to go out in public and buy things is probably the safest bet. <laughs> I feel like if Hubert was a foot shorter, you could be Parker and Travis. Oh, fucking hell. Wait, yes. wait weren't we saying, because we were, we rewatched The Princess's Bride recently. Yes. And uh, we did go one, t- one, one Halloween, we went as a Buttercup and Wesley. And we, we thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to go as Miracle Max and Valerie, his wife? <laughs> I keep I keep wanting to call him Mad Max. And he's not <laughs> Mad, Mad Max. Max. <laughs> Fuck. Have fun storming the castle. Oh, I would love funny. it. Princess Bride exactly the same, but it's Tom Hardy. Yes. <laughs> As Miracle Max? Yes. That's amazing. It's Mad Max Hubert is Mad. Only mostly dead. That was me trying to do Tom Hardy as Bane, as Miracle Max. <laughs> we went through multiple layers there very quickly. It's very good. It's, it's one of the better impressions that has graced this show. We'll just say that. <laughs> yep, it's true. So if you're not already, you can follow us on social media. You can find us at Podcast Free Roscoe on Facebook and Instagram or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also send us an email. We absolutely love hearing from you. Let us know what you think of the show, what you think of RFR, any CanCon memories. You can even send us a voice clip if you want. Uh, the email is podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. So for now, this is Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off. <laughs>